Well, hey, friends, my name is Larry. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm so glad to be with you and uh, figured let's just hop right in and talk about it. Been there this week? Yeah, we all kind of uh, have sat here this week and felt like it's not something that we can just glide by quickly or even necessarily easily. Um, there's a couple things that we can say about this, and that I think we should say about this. One, I'm going to say right now, I don't typically um, engage in conversations through any type of political lens. I am very much, if you talk to me, lion and lamb. I don't do the donkey-elephant conversation. I'm 100% Jesus. That's why I love being a part of a non-denominational church where we can major on the major, which is other people and Jesus. But this last week... Um, we all experienced something that was more difficult than I think any of us had expected. It, um, was, it, it shocked me like it did many, many other people. And when I want to talk about this, I want to talk about a little bit real quickly just some things that Jesus said. First of all, I'll just talk about some of the emblems we saw or um, the signs that we saw take place. Um, I want to tell you right now, the cross was never meant to weaponize anything. It was always to point us towards reconciliation, which is exactly what Jesus used it for. Now, what about Jesus? Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers in a famous sermon that he gave for they will be called children of God. And what that's saying to us is that we as children of God, we as followers of Jesus, followers of Jesus. That means we've been released, released out to be agents of reconciliation, agents of love, agents of grace, agents of injustice, agents of mercy, peacemakers. That's what we've been released to do as children of God. So may we, church, understand that that's who Jesus is, that's what he's about, and also that this is really like digging up some things that are deep within inside of us, that are inside of us, that are being released. And that's what a lot of this message series that we're talking about right now is actually talking about, which is our emotions. I know that we've seen things like that or we're experiencing things on a constant basis right now that enrage us, that give us rage, and all of a sudden it's like building up and needs to be released, or anger, and we're so angry. And for some of you, you may have a specific word that you use, and you use this word because anger and rage sound so intense. You use this word frustration, right here. Frustration, right? I know that uh, I've been in this place before where I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm, I'm frustrated, right? But in reality, frustration is anger. Frustration is anger. If you talk to any type of good counselor and, and you're having a conversation with them and, and you're just like, I'm not angry. I'm not full of anger. I'm just frustrated. They will look at you and say, will you tell me the difference between anger and frustration? And so while you think about that for just a minute right now and what the difference is between anger and frustration, I want to hop back in and talk about where we've been and where we're going. So we're doing this series called You're Not the Boss of Me. It's right here. There you go. You're not the boss of me. And I know some of you have already asked, like, hey, is this the new Northgate t-shirt? That's not the case. 
Uh, I know some of you have made this crazy suggestion that's not who we are, but we're talking about how to say no to the emotions that compete for our control. How do we, how do we say no? That the, the, Jesus says that the stuff that we're dealing with, the stuff that comes out of us actually has the potential to ruin us. And the things that come out of us, they actually come from our hearts. And Pastor Kayla kind of opened this discussion up last week. It says in Matthew, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these, they defile him. They defile them. For out of the heart, evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slanders. This, this series that we're talking about, it, we get to learn how to monitor the things, the emotions of our heart. And what we know is that when our emotions take control, things get out of control. When our emotions start to take control of us, things can get out of control, and it can either get in the way of, of the things that we're experiencing, or we can get overwhelmed by things like guilt and envy and insecurity and anger and fear. I, I know that um, I got this little thing of jar of Skittles up here, and my daughter who helped me fill this up can't wait until I'm done talking about it so she can have some. But Skittles is what's in this jar. Now, when things shake us, or rattle us, what do you think is going to come out of this jar? The Skittles. They're going to go everywhere because it's what's inside, right? And that's what happens to us is if we don't understand what's inside or we are working on what's inside of us, when we get shaken, when things go crazy and stirred up and tossed about, the things that are inside of us will begin to come out. And today we're going to be talking about anger. Anger. Today we're talking about anger, because nobody wants anger to be the boss of them. Nobody wants anger to be the boss of you. The people closest to you, your, your friends, your family, your, your siblings, no one wants to be uh, seen that anger is the boss of you. Uh, I know that um, for, for me, I don't like anger to be the boss of me. And for a lot of people, uh, they can see anger as this extroverted anger. It's this loud anger. It's the yelling. It's the screaming. It's the slamming of stuff, right? Uh, it's really big. I know for me personally, I have, a, I have kind of a problem with yelling, meaning I don't do yelling. I don't like yelling. I don't like people yelling around me. Me personally, I feel like it's ridiculous because we could have the same kind of conversation. I can understand you much more clearly if you can talk in like an adult tone of voice and we can have a conversation. But I'll tell you, the rare occasion, which you can't even count on one hand, that I have actually yelled because I'm angry is, is uh, such a difference in my household because it was even just, I think a couple of weeks ago, my, my kids were yelling and I was like, don't do yelling. So I yelled, because they were just going at it. And like everyone is, it's a big, giant tinderbox for everything that's going on. And so I yelled at them, stop yelling. This is ridiculous. You guys are so angry at each other. And I remember they started crying. And it was like, why are you crying? And they were crying because they made me yell at them. And I don't yell, right? It's that thing that says like, whoa, this is intense. And it, it actually causes uh, other people to have a reaction that is uncomfortable, that's not healthy. Now, you may never raise your voice. You may never lose your temper in an outward manner. And I'll, I'll tell you, this is actually a little bit about how I deal with anger. You still are scary. 
you still are scary. Your moodiness, your silence, uh, they're controlling, right? The, the way that you act, it may not be this extroverted anger, but it's this quiet, introverted, where your mood shifts, uh, the way that you use silence to control others, you shut people down. And anger is just a bad boss, unless, of course, it's crusader anger. Unless, of course, it's crusader anger. This is the type of anger that stirs people up, that deals with injustice, that fights against evil. And it's led to great things like uh, civil rights movements and women's suffrage and child labor law. Uh, Crusader anger stands in contrast to the anger that we're talking about because crusader anger reflects and is concerned about what others aren't getting that they deserve. You've seen some of this this last year, and some of you are already maybe upset or confused. Why, Why aren't you talking in depth about things that have happened in the past, the crusader anger movement and moments of injustice of what others aren't getting that they deserve? Now, what just got thrown up here, this is talking about the different type of anger. Our anger, oftentimes, our rage and our frustration is sourced in actually what I'm not getting, that I'm sure I deserve, that I'm not, not they're not, but I'm not getting what I want, and I'm sure that I deserve it. Now, we want to look at this uh, through the lens of Scripture, and uh, a really great person to learn from is a guy named James, who's actually the brother of Jesus. He decided to call Jesus his Lord. He ended up being later on, and when Jesus was gone, he ended up being the first pastor, if you will, of a church in Jerusalem right there, and he actually had a nickname. His nickname was James the Just. He cared for others well, and he had some things that I think are really important for us to learn when it comes to talking about our anger. He starts with this question. He says, who is wise and understands among you? Let's just pause and stop right there. Who is wise and understands among you? A wise person, they have insight. They have understanding. They know how the world works. They know that life's connected. And wise people have a a broader and bigger perspective. And so he says, well, let them show it by your good life by deeds done in humility, right? Because uh, someone who has wisdom is humble, and that's what it comes from. They have an understanding. Wisdom leads to humility, and arrogance doesn't make any sense. It's irrationally, but humility is powerful and not natural. And he continues on, it says in verse 14, but if you harbor, this is to dock or um, to park something Uh, like bitterness uh, in your heart. But if you harbor, if you allow it to dock inside of you bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, if you allow it to just sit there, don't boast about it and deny the truth. Don't let this stuff just live there and not address and act like everything's okay. James is saying, don't let it get stuck. Don't let it just sit there and, and be satisfied with, well, I just have an anger problem. It's just who I am. Don't pretend to be fine because these friends, God has called us to be and to do something better. It says, for, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, for where you have this envy of fairness and selfish ambition, there is where you'll find something. There you'll find lodged this disorder and every evil practice. When arrogance gets lodged in our heart, 
there's going to be this disorder of every evil practice, of every evil practice. And what's on the inside that gets shaken out of you is, is coming from you, and it's going to go, and it's going to hit everyone around you. And James is telling us how to keep anger from lodging and staying in our hearts and becoming the boss of us. And so he pauses and then he asks this question because he needs to reiterate because he knows that he's got to ask lots of questions to help us understand what we really need to understand. He says this, what causes fights? What causes fights? Where does the hostility and conflict come from you and you? And, and what causes fight and quarrels among you? Our response is, no, James, it's not what, it's Who? It's not what causes fights, it's who. It's my mom. It's my dad. It's my ninth grader or my daughter. Or it's those people or that thing. It's not what, it's who they are and what they represent or what they did, right? It's, it's who that person is. And so he, asks, he says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires, that battle within you? Not out here, but that battle within inside of you? No, they don't come from me at all. This is what we typically say. I think the reason that I think I struggle with this is because of their inability to understand or see things my way, that I'm the one who's right. My way is the right way, Right? Do you understand and see how that works? And James is saying, as long as you think, as long as you think that the source of your anger is out there, you're never going to be able to deal with it in here. This is a, a life-changing insight. In any relationship, if both parties can recognize this and embrace, then anger will never be the boss of you. Let's read this verse again. What causes fights and quarrels among you? They, it's right here. Don't they come from your desires, that battle within you? The answer to this question is yes. Yes, they do. Yes, they do every single time. We fight and we quarrel because we're not getting something that we want or we desire. But I earned it. But I earned it, we say. You're right. You earned it. But you're not getting what you want. But, but, but they promised. They promised. Right. You're not getting what you're promised, so you're not getting what you want. But, but what they did isn't fair. What they did isn't fair. Right? You wanted to be treated fairly, and you weren't, and you're not getting what you want. If you can pause in the moment when anger is rising and acknowledge and recognize that part of the problem is mine, it can be liberating. James continues on and says, you desire, but you do not have. So you what? You kill. His point is this. If, if we don't recognize the source of our anger is in here and not out there, we have the potential to take things to an unhealthy and even destructive level. What's behind murder? It's somebody wanted something or somebody was so frustrated they didn't get what they thought they deserved or they needed to fix it because it was for them that it comes to these unhealthy levels. He continues and says, you're envious. You're envious and cannot obtain. So you fight and you 
quarrel, the source of your anger isn't oftentimes out here. It's in here. We aren't getting our way. We aren't getting something that we want. I want what I deserve because I was promised it. Should you be upset? Sometimes. When you own, though, your slice of the the pie and the argument when it comes to your anger, it can be a showstopper. You can uh, practice saying this. It's going to sound a little obnoxious to you, maybe this week or next time you find yourself, you know, in a a quarrel or in uh, kind of a back and forth or uh, angry or frustrated. Um, You can say these things when you're having a discussion. You know what? You know what part of the problem is, don't you? Do you know what part of the problem is, don't you? And then you get to respond with this. I'm not getting what I want. That's actually uh, really liberating. It, it, it is actually a showstopper. If you're in the midst of something and you just get to say, you know what part of the problem is, don't you, right now? And then they get to go, what? I'm not getting what I want. And you get to go, yes. <laughs> right. How does that feel? Right? It changes things. I, this last week, um, I was like talking to Michelle and it's her last week of break and I was like, oh, let's be spontaneous and I really wanted to go up for a day and I wanted to go up and play in the snow. I wanted to just do a drive up and drive down. Didn't have all of everything worked out and she's a major planner and I'm like, spontaneous, let's go. And, and she just didn't want to. And so me, I got really frustrated and I got pouty. And it came down to later, my oldest daughter was sitting down uh, and she was like, what's going on with you two? And I was like, well, you could tell her. You could tell her. I'm all frustrated right now. And so she was like, well, you wanted to do something and I don't want to do it. And then I'm saying, I'm going to do it. And you know, you do that back and forth thing. And I looked at her and I said, I'm pouting because I didn't get what I want. Now that made whatever you would see as conflict much easier to deal with because I recognized I had a part in it and she recognized that she had a part in it and it can change things in the middle of that. So practice saying this at home right now. You can say it with me. You know what part of the problem is, don't you? I'm not getting what I want. You can leave that stuff up there. I'm not getting what I want. So say that to someone else that's next to you right now. You know what part of the problem is right now? I'm not getting what I want want. So here's the question that I want you to to leave with as a kind of close today's conversation is what is your relationship with anger? What is your relationship with anger? Do you let it boss you around? Are you right now letting it boss you around and control you? Does it get control of your mouth Does it get control of your mood? Are you ready to put an end to that? You'll have a a, to humble yourself moment to face that fact. And part of the problem is, is we get in our own way. But when we feel it rising up, when we feel anger rising up, we need to say, anger, you're not the boss of me. I'm on to you. You want me to think that it's all them. It's not. Part of the problem is me, that I'm not getting what I want. And right now, anger, I'm going to own my part of the pie. Besides, if you're a Jesus follower, you already have a boss of you. He's a boss that didn't always get what he wanted either, but you have a boss that said no 
to what he wanted so he could give us what we needed the most. Paul says this about Jesus in Philippians. He says, who? This is Jesus, who? Being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. That Jesus, being in the very nature of God, didn't consider equality with God something to be used, didn't use it to go in and say, I'll take the best seat in the house, you can make them move, I get this, I've earned this, I'm God, I can do what I want. Didn't use that to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Then Paul spells it out for us followers of Jesus about how to live in this principle. And he says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. It's okay, friends, to not get everything that we want or the things that we think we deserve. It's better not to get everything that we want or deserve. And if that's what it takes to keep anger from being the boss of you, one reason, one reason that following Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life is because it nudges, it nudges us away from self-centeredness and arrogance and towards others' centeredness and humility. And that results in a bigger and better life. One with which anger is no longer the boss of you. So this week, I'm going to ask you to take out your phones actually right now, and you can take a quick picture of this. Here's some questions or conversations to have in your house right now or throughout this week. And maybe you can just take a minute and describe your relationship with anger with someone around you and Do you shout out or do you shut down? What or who are your triggers? And are you ready to acknowledge that part of the problem is you're not getting what you want? Will you pray with me? God, we give you our emotions. As only you can carry our emotions and and handle all of it. (laughs) So Father, would you just, would you just help us see how we can be a peacemaker right now? How we can just show that we're a child of you, that we can be an agent of reconciliation, of grace, of mercy, of comfort and goodness. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's worship.